Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brandon McCullough. How's it going, Bren? Oh, oh. Summer's ending. How does yeah. that make you feel? I mean, better in some sense, worse in others. Because, I don't know, at least for me, my commute in is like quadruply worse with school. Oh, I sure. Just hit like all these, like, I must hit like five different schools, like, before I even get to the highway. So it just takes like so much longer, but also it's not incineratingly hot. So it's a trade off. Yeah. There we go. I, you just reminded me I always dealt with school buses on my commute when it was school time. So yeah, not looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. But hey, it's, we got, uh, stuff happen i don't know i was trying to think of like it's like the slow period of video games with the summer and like after e3 it's like hey we got stuff coming out it's like do we though do we yeah it's a a slow period for sure and that's the thing i i guess i'll talk about my twitch streaming because i'm trying to go deep into that yeah and we recently on our last episode had jules the human on he was a really cool guest uh giving us his background on how he got to affiliate and where I had left off was there's four criteria I'm trying to meet, and I currently have three of the four, and the most challenging one is what he suspected is the three concurrent viewers. So <laughs> I'm going to say to our listeners, if you have any interest, check out our Twitch stream because it'll really help us get to affiliate status. But it's been really fun. There's been some random people popping in. I had someone from Germany being like, I only speak Deutsch and very little English. And I was like, oh, it's <laughs> fine. Yeah, I was Can't like, help you there, buddy. Enjoy the stream, though. <laughs> I'll try, try to be entertaining. Yeah. But I am playing uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. This is a video game podcast, by the way. I right. should always try to say that <laughs> uh, for anybody new. Uh, but yeah, Zelda, I remember I had started a game got pretty decently far not honestly no i was just scratching the surface in all reality but then came back to it months later and was like i don't remember how to play the game i'm starting over since i wasn't that far into it now i'm past my first playthrough i got the divine beast va ruda like uh unlocked or whatever and he's on my side so that was Mm -hmm. cool like i'd never done that before and there were some challenging puzzles i remember i was streaming this whole game so far and I was just like scratching my head. In fact, Jules himself was in my stream, like in the chat, giving me some hints, being like, oh, maybe you got to move this or that. And I was like, oh, you're right. So that was really cool having nice. the audience interaction and stuff. So it just, I'm really excited to see what comes of it. And that's the next game that I just recently streamed as of last night. I started Life is Strange 2, episode four. And for those following this game, <laughs> it's just like, I remember episode three, it really sucked me in. I was like, man, this game's fantastic, and I'm enjoying it. But the first two episodes were super slow, and I wasn't enjoying it, and it was super critical. So it's very just like, I don't know, an emotional roller coaster as far as, am I enjoying this game or not? Uh, And that's the thing. The problem with this game is the weights between the episodes. I remember saying, I'm like, am I going to even remember where I left off or care about it? And there's just like almost no press. I feel like it was just like one random tweet or something that I saw of somebody that was like, oh yeah, this is now available. I'm like, why isn't this like, why aren't they pushing it much harder? And it's also frustrating if anyone's doing this on PS4, the way when you log into the game, it's just like, you go to hit continue your game and it's like, Oh, you, you, well, first of all, I needed an update. So it's like, okay, I'm assuming the update includes like episode four. So I go through the process of like downloading this update and installing it. 
get back to the uh, opening menu and I'm like, okay, continue my game. It's like, oh, nope, now you need episode four. I'm like, what, 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 the, what the fuck was the update? So then I go, you have to go to the PlayStation store. Like, mm-hmm. it's not even like featured or anything where you'd think it'd be like, this is like one of the things you'd find like easily. Uh, and then search for it. I, I get to it. You download it and then have to install that. And then you can finally continue. So like, in my mind, I feel like why wouldn't they, they like improve that process and just be like as you pull up the game it'll be like do you want to download episode four if you know if it already can like sense that you've paid for it which i don't know maybe there that has to do with the integration with the playstation store and they don't have that capability but it's just like a frustrating thing where it's like in and out of the game before i could actually fucking play it so i am playing it though and i remember speculate this is like so much spoiler territory though that i don't really want to fuck with stuff but i remember speculating that one of the main characters was dead at the end of episode three i was like what the fuck this is some game of thrones shit you can't do that but Mm. it turns out they're not so that's cool (laughs) so yeah but i will say for anybody who just is like seeing trailers and stuff it's not really a spoiler uh that the main character lost vision in one of his eyeballs so it's like really like devastating on like uh like uh, on a depth perspective level and he's an artist and all these different things of like how he's like having to learn how to draw again and like see without getting headaches constantly and and uh maintaining the wound on his eye with like all this gauze and stuff so it's a really insane setup you're in the hospital after a, a nightmare scenario and the fbi is now involved and they're looking for your brother it's really an interesting story i gotta give him credit i'm very much involved but they are <laughs> throwing in a lot of the more like racist stuff out there they're trying to make it uh, a political game which at this point i'm almost over it i'm like fine do what you're tr- get your message across it's it, I, I think it's coming from a good place but it's just also from me as a gamer like this isn't what i want personally so i'm sure there are gamers out there that are like i'm glad they're doing this so by all means enjoy it um but it is the perfect game game to stream though so anybody that's going to tune in check that out but i think i'm not sure how far i am i would guess i'm like halfway through episode four is where i left off so i have a little bit more to go i know listener of the show uh nick jenkins from gamers without borders says that he's finished it and he told me to tweet him or uh dm him as soon as i can because he wants to talk about it Mm -hmm. we're gonna have to do a spoiler cast eventually i remember misspeaking to jules saying we did a spoiler cast for each life is strange game we haven't done it for life is strange 2 just yet well i mean it's not done yet so exactly yeah and we want to wait for all the episodes and there's only one more after this so we're getting there but god i wonder when that's coming out is it this year because <laughs> like god i think so but like right at the ass end of the year like just like christmas december but exactly and that makes it hard to even discuss like game of the year conversation it was like what year was it it was expanded <laughs> too <laughs> yeah it's interesting to hear you talk about it because I remember how not on board with you were at first. And like, yes. even in episode two and like part of three, you're just like, I don't give a shit. Uh, but now to hear you invested after like the one episode, it's odd. It, I just feel like they fi- it finally picked up with story that was interesting enough to be like, okay, now I care about these characters. Early on, I could care less about the characters. It's like now I'm a little bit more invested for some reason. Yeah, I mean, it's good that you're invested now. I don't know if it's a great thing that it took like episode three and <laughs> right. a half to get you there. Like, that's not. I a agree great with sign. that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, anyone who's uh, hesitant on buying the game, maybe like do a little information and see if it's your type of play style, which is slow as fuck. 
Yes, and I'm also curious, like, of Mark's input on this game because he was kind of in the same boat, super fan of the Life is Strange franchise as a whole, but this game was very underwhelming to him. I'm curious if episode three and four are picking up the pace for him and if he's enjoying it anymore. Yeah, I I can't say for certain, but I'm pretty sure he hasn't played them, or at least we haven't talked about any of it. So right. he might have uh, failed, uh, trailed off there. Um as for the politics stuff, it, politics have always been in games. That's it's always existed, and it's just more so how well the game conveys it and how well, or whether or not they force it down your throat or do yeah. it in a very like subtle, nuanced style. So it's I don't even know if it's political because if you took the only thing that's political about it is the politics it's having in current day America. If the politics of real life events weren't happening right now, it wouldn't be political. It would just be straight up racism, which does exist. Yes. So, and that's what they're pointing out in this game. And it's, it's frustrating because it was so uncomfortable of like the situation you're in is such a rock and a hard place. It's like either do this where you can assure the police are going to be involved after you literally just escaped and are on your way to find your brother or uh, give in to this racist asshole's desires. And it's like, oh God. And it was so just demoralizing. Yeah, I mean, that's what they want. That Like, that's what they were going for. It shouldn't have been a good situation. So right. That's a good way to add tension while still being within the narrative, of, you know, not being too far-fetched. But then there's a kid with telekinesis, so, like, you know, what is too far-fetched? Exactly. So. But overall, that's what I mean. I'm warming up to the game a lot more than I ever expected to, so I, I'm not just going to say it's trash. I'm looking forward to finishing this episode, and then, yeah, the conclusion... That'll be interesting because, yeah, the kid with telekinesis, they haven't really played with that enough. There's been a few, like, instances of, like, oh, shit moments, but, like, I feel like episode five, they should really go hard with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see how they do, and I'm still still in the boat of, like, was this a great game or was the first Life is Strange just a real, like, not a fluke, but just kind of like a one-off? Or are they going, like, the telltale route where it's, like, they have this niche market within the video game industry and they're going to oversaturate it themselves and kind of burn themselves out in it and then you know the studio goes under or something because like you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again it has to evolve or change in some way yeah definitely i'm excited to see how this wraps up yeah optimistic surprisingly <laughs> i mean hopefully the game ends well i doubt the story of the game will just from what i've seen in the last episodes that's a good point um, but yeah, that's pretty much the games I've been playing. And uh, I did finally reach level 60 in Roller Coaster. Oh, shit. Jesus. Yeah, Roller Coaster Tycoon. And the thing is, it's not the level cap. It level caps at 100. And it's like, okay, I, I've done it. I'm done now. Like, I've reached the <laughs> level that I thought was the cap. I'm like, 60 is good for me. Uh, it's I might maybe occasionally log in every now and then just to like dick around. But it is just I've I've like the sickest park ever. There's like one tile <laughs> left I have to unlock. And it's like, it costs 30 million and I probably have like 20 million. So like by the next oh, time I log in, I'll probably have it. Jeez. So yeah, goddamn phone games. And yeah, aquapark.io. If you haven't been listening to previous episodes, it's a free uh, game. Super fun. <laughs> I was hanging out with a buddy of mine last night and I was seeing him like hitting up all of his daily gotcha pun games where it's like, oh, I got to do this. I got to roll this. I got to hit this. And there's probably like four or five games. And I was like, they were all branded. They're all ties and tie-ins with stuff. One of them was Pokemon Go. One of them was just like anime one. And I was like, I thought, I thought you didn't even like this 
like that show or something. He's like, oh no, I don't. But these games, I'm fucking addicted to them. <laughs> and just like every like probably half an hour, he'd open them all again, hit all of his like stuff again. I was just like, Jesus, like it really has some people. But like, there's yeah. a reason they're called gotcha games. Like they gotcha. So it's just like it was crazy to see that like in person. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. But how about you? Have you been playing much games these days or not too much? No, it's <laughs> been a busy time for me, so I've kind of been on the slow end. Uh, Overwatch has the new hero out, and now he's in uh, public uh, servers now. He's no longer in like, the test server. Uh, so he's Sigma, he's the new tank, and he's broken as fuck. Uh, I mean, not... Not that bad, but anytime you see like him on an enemy's team, it's like, oh, Christ, we're going to need like three or four people to team up just to kill him. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know, he's kind of this like gravity scientist guy. He can float around. He can throw a shield as far as he wants, and then he can just take it down and throw it up again in anywhere he wants. So he can just – it's a very mobile, very durable shield. Okay. Uh, his other ability is he just – uh, holds up his hand and like absorbs all the projectiles coming at him, and then he creates a shield for himself out of that, like on his own person. Uh, then he picks up a rock and thro- throws it at people, and now do like movement damage, or do damage, but then also push people and you know have momentum to it. And then his ultimate is he just picks everybody everybody up in an area and slams them down. Um, so they're not like the most creative abilities. A lot of them are actually kind of like related to other people's abilities, like absorbing bullets shot at you and using it as your own shield that's just Zarya that's already an existing character um and Symmetra had a previous build of Symmetra was able to shoot the shield out and like block uh shots as they were coming in um so that you can see a lot of the different elements that added together to build him but just the way they combine him is just really tough to get around and like He's just a very mobile tank, so it's it's real tough, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're nerfing him in the near future. Yeah, that sounds like that would make sense. Yeah, and his main weapon is he shoots two orbs out that just ricochet around, like, two or three times, and then explode, so they have a bigger radius uh, once they explode. And, like, the really only drawback of that is it's got a pretty short range, so... Like if he if it was like Zenyatta where he had no drop off and these orbs could just fly forever, it would be the most overpowered character. So they just, <laughs> they just limit the range of his projectiles a good bit and like trying to balance him out. But even that's like he's still real hard to fight. So um, that's pretty much all I've been playing because, like I said, I've been real busy. Um, hoping to cap out at Overwatch at eight hundred hours and then. St- Stop either completely <laughs> or just very drastically because I realized I've just been supplementing my roguelike addiction with Overwatch. So it's like, oh, it's just it's just the new drug. Yeah, it's I looked at my statistics on Rocket League one day in recent weeks and it was just like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, how many matches have I played? And it's I think, though, overall, it was like a 50 ish percent winning uh, percentage. So I'm like, all right, that's not terrible. At least it's not like, oh, you're only winning like 20 percent of like thousands of games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like, oh, man, it was kind of just like a wake up call of like, I could take a break. Mm-hmm. 
I was talking with a buddy uh, last night. I think we were talking about MMOs. He's like, oh, yeah, I got really into this one. I had like 400 hours into that game. I was like, yeah, that's a lot. Who would have that many hours in any game? Looking at my Steam library, I have like five games like that are over 400 hours. And Overwatch yep. is like 800 hours. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I got to get better at this. So yeah. despite having video game podcasts, I've actually tried to wean off video game, Or at least just one video game in particular and like for uh vary it up a bit you're replacing us with anime brad <laughs> god damn it hey hey let's be i'm real. just kidding anime's always been there anime's yeah. always very not too Dude, far look at our show. we tried to be anime in the early days like i feel like there was that big anime episode it was probably to this day our longest episode ever and it was you me mark and aj i think and we just talked about anime forever and it was just really? a really big one i i feel like that might be our longest like regular episode besides like an interview or the life is strange spoiler oh true potentially yeah i think that was definitely the longest but yeah besides that uh still still going a bit in the monster hunter still getting a few gear uh, i think i'm kind of get burnt down on that too because in the end of the day there's only so many monsters and even if you just say, like, oh, this one's a tempered Diab- uh, Devil Joe. Like, this one's a tempered uh, Nergigante. It's like, cool, it's the same monster, just, like, more angry. Like, it's just harder to kill. But otherwise, it's the same thing. So, it's there's only so many items, so many weapons, so many armors I can build. So, it's like, eh. I really enjoy Monster Hunter. I really love it. But it's like, I, I don't think I have the grind some people do. Like I said, where I saw a guy who was, like, level 380-something. Like, I don't have that grind in me. <laughs> That's way too much of a commitment. But yeah, I think that's about it game-wise for me. That's cool. Uh, there's a couple of things in our show topics that are worth bringing up. One of them that I, I want to get your input on is this thing I saw on Kickstarter. So already uh, red flags Suspicious. are going up. Um, it's called the Genki Convert Dock for the Nintendo Switch. And it blew out its expectations they literally wanted 50 grand as a goal and they're well over a million uh 17,000 backers and 20 days to go still so <laughs> they're crushing it um and it's this the whole premise of it is a tactical stealth dock hidden inside of a portable gan charger um and it's basically just something that's going to replace your nintendo switch dock and it looks just like a big uh ac plug that you just plug in but it has like the ports for the hdmi and like usb c i think and some other stuff uh i don't really understand why this is so successful i mean everyone's like i guess they do explain on their kickstarter like oh why the nintendo switch's dock design is a failure uh because it's not portable it's just i I don't know it it's not it sure it's clunky but i feel like it gets the job done but to to have this uh nice portable little like cubes kind of style thing it might just make it easier for people to travel with the switch and do things on uh, like big screens i i personally would not invest in this but clearly a lot of people are what do you think about it uh, I can definitely see the appeal because, like, I can just look at my Switch charger, like, right below me now, and I forgot how big-ass that plug is. Like, it's it's a big old meaty boy. Yes. Um, so, with this one, it's more, it looks like it's more vertical. So, it's not taking, yeah. as, like, it's not taking up, like, what, three uh, socket uh, or outlet spots you would have if you had, like, a power strip, um, like the regular Switch does. And, yeah, it's got the HDMI, it's got the USB charge uh, as well. So I could definitely see the appeal of it. I'm 
really surprised to see how well it's doing. Yes, like, that's where I'm at with it. I'm just like, huh. 1.1 million right now. And yeah, like you said, the goal is 50,000. So like, I can definitely see people like, oh yeah, that would be really convenient. And like, I could see a use for that. And just seeing like, apparently a lot of people could get a use for that. I feel like the Nintendo, like the designers behind the Switch are like kicking themselves being like, oh fuck, I guess we could have done that. But I guess <laughs> they're super successful, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, it was probably just like, hey, how do we use the uh, chargers? Like, how would it be like the plug outlet style? Being like, ah, it's just the same as a Switch and every other console, just this big old clunky piece of shit. So they probably didn't think too much about it. Um, yeah, I could, I could see the appeal of this, but. I mean, it would depend on the price because, yeah, with a Kickstarter, sure, they can get it, like, created and have a lot of them made. But what would, like, the – what would the retail price go for if I didn't Kickstart it? Would it be, like, $50? Probably would buy it then. If it's, yeah. Like, $15? Yeah, I'd probably buy it. Like, that might be more – especially traveling. Like like you said, it it seems like it would do better travel, especially at like an airport or something where you don't control what the outlets are. It's not your house or anything. So it's, it would be more convenient at not having this giant ass plug, like taking up all this space. Yeah. I like their graphic that kind of explains it all. It's a Kirby sucking up a Nintendo switch dock and the charger. And then out comes their, their product. And <laughs> I do like the, the way that the prongs can fold into the device. It is very portable. So I guess it, it makes sense, but it's, like I said, just surprising. And yeah, and listener, if you have any interest in are like, man, I hate how clunky my Switch dock is, here's something to check out. And uh, usually the things we bring up on Kickstarter fail, but this looks like it won't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they hit their goal. So like, they're going to be made. What happens after they're made is up to them. Because... I always remember that horror story of like that guy who had a book and it got fully funded and he made all of the books and then just burnt them because he lost his mind. Oh, that's so right. Just, like it, it, it hit its goal and it's fully funded. But if you still get it, it's still up in the air. Like you never quite know. So yeah, just always be skeptical about Kickstarter. I mean, I think there's still Kickstarter stuff. I never got my uh, rewards for, for kickstarting it. So. You just might never get it, and I, it's still too new where I don't know the legal precedent with it. Like, I don't know if you can sue a Kickstarter campaign for not fulfilling their end or not. Right. Um. In other shitty news, uh, this <laughs> one's really fucked. Uh, apparently, Square, Square Enix had to cancel some game tournaments in wake of death threats. I'm like, way to go, toxic gamer community. I don't really... And I was reading this article, I'm like, what were the death threats over? Um, It was a tournament for this game called Starwing Paradox, which is like a mecha game. I am completely hmm. unfamiliar with it. It's all Japanese yeah. stuff, so I think that's why. But I'm just like trying to learn, like, why were... What are the death threats for... Um, and I can't really find that information, but it's also in conjunction with like that arson attack on the Kyoto animation studio. Like people yeah. are taking all of that stuff super seriously. So it's just a shame people aren't able to have fun and do a video game tournament because some assholes, uh, threatening them to kill them. And I wonder why. I mean, it's the internet. There's a lot of times really no reason because there's no reason to de- send someone a death threat. There's no reason to threaten to kill someone. But on the internet with anonymity, people toss it around like it's candy. Like it just, yeah. even the ooplets thing, like we talked about it before, they got the backlash they got. We, we talked about it before. 
I don't think they handled releasing that information well. And I don't think they handled the response of the fans initially well. Because the developers were still kind of poking the bear on that and still kind of feeding into the trolls. But the level of backlash they got, the amount of sexist, racist, violent, just over-the-top, just straight-up threats on their lives for just having a game exclusively on one store was out of this world. Like it, yeah. It's insane how much they got. And they they showed all the messages they got. Like, here's a handful of what it is. And it's just in so, so aggressively violent. And it's just, it's the internet. And people just take any chance they can to just show you how shitty they are. So, honestly, it could have been like, hey, we're changing the tournament's date from, like, Saturday at 1 p.m. to Saturday at 1.30 p.m. And some dude's just like... 1 p.m. is the only time I can go. Oh, fuck it. Like, it, yeah. it's ridiculous. It doesn't take anything. No, you're absolutely right. And it's super disheartening and fucked. And yeah. I feel like it was probably more realistically someone just trolling slash wanting to ruin everyone else's fun and be like, oh, it's almost like calling in a bomb threat for someone that's not actually serious. They're just being a dick. So uh, not cool. TJ Miller. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Very uh, good joke. Um, but speaking of ooblets, this is another thing I saw in the news that remind that you said was sort of similar, and I want to touch on it. This mm-hmm. Apex Legend uh, forum of people like that the developers were responding to the fans in like super dickish like way. I don't know how to describe it. It was really upsetting though. Yeah, the apparently the developers were in a forum and they're calling some players like asshats and freelancers and just kind of like shitting on them and granted there's plenty of players like that it's especially because it's a free game like you're gonna get more than the usual amount than if there was like a paywall to kind of keep some of that out but and it's you know i don't want to like silence anything but it's like the developers are certainly in their right to do that, but you also have to be aware you're representing more than just you. You're yes. not going to be like, hey, Jeff so-and-so said I'm an asshat. They're going to say, hey, this Apex Legend guy, this Epic Store employee that works on Apex Legend, like you're representing a brand and a product and your whole team. So if you're talking in some capacity of that team, you're you're the mouthpiece and you're representing them. So whatever you say represents all of that. So you can't it, you really have to like rein yourself in and have a lot of like emotional control over that stuff because that's why there's that's why there's a whole industry of like managers and PR relations and representatives to make sure that stuff doesn't happen that way they have a bit of disconnect from you know the service or product and their consumers so that way they don't emotionally lash out at stuff like this so yeah, it's just wild looking at like the Reddit comments though and seeing how many like downvotes all of them are getting. One of the users DK05 is like one of the ones that was just like repeatedly getting just fucking trashed. <laughs> yeah, and it's always a mess and should the developers have said that stuff? No, probably not. They it's more or less like we said with the Ooblet stuff. Were they just fine in the saying their stuff? Probably. Yeah, could they have said it in a better way that wouldn't have initiated a flame war with the commenters and a you know decent part of the internet, especially their fan base? Absolutely, absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, the gamers, the fans, the people lashing out are definitely in the wrong. But it's this eldritch horror of anonymous like body of just consume like making up of like hundreds of thousands of people that you can't control versus like these three guys where it's like. 
hey, just don't fucking insult the masses. Like, don't piss off the internet. So, could they have handled it better? Yes. So, it's it's not like, it's your job to be better. It's just like, fucking know who you're talking to and don't piss off the unknown masses. Yeah, and there was an update. I think it was as of August 20th. Uh, their CEO, uh, Vince Zampella, apologized on re- on behalf of Respawn, stating that the developer wants to have an open, healthy relationship with our community. And it's like, well, you're off to a great start. <laughs> I mean, if they're working on something, it'll never be like that open. You have to keep some shit secret. Healthy? No, it's video games. Uh, and just the I don't know. It's just a trend I've seen. Just communities and fandoms and groups in general are just getting much, much, much worse. Yeah, more toxic. All becoming assholes. Like I, I was talking to a friend about this. I am so happy I'm not in any fandoms for anything in particular. Like the last thing I was really invested in was Adventure Time, and like everything else, I am very casually invested in or engage with the community around that show or product or whatever. And it's just, it's so much more refreshing and life is just so much better in general without having to worry about 34 random assholes on Reddit being pissed off at me because I said their favorite character sucks. Like, it just, and even with like something as wholesome and colorful and like pastel as Steven Universe, a girl drew a character a little skinnier than she is in the show and got swarms of death threats at her. And ostracized from the entire community. Like, it's just insane the level of vitriol and just angry initial reaction that the internet is now with just any community. How quickly everything escalates now where it's like from, there's no longer even a zero to like 75. It's just 75. Like, just the yeah. response is already too high for what it should be. So it's just like, people gotta fucking ease Fucking off chill, just, yeah. Yeah, you, you don't deserve this shit. And like, even with the Ooblet stuff, like, I fully understand why an indie developer would go to the Epic Store. I fully understand, like, hey, here's guaranteed money for you. Here's a safety net. Absolutely. Could they have expressed that better? Absolutely. Does it justify death threats? Absolutely not. Like, not, yeah. You're fucking out of your mind. Oh, man. You're absolutely, yeah. All that made perfect sense. I feel like everything else in the show topics are all depressing things, but I do want to yeah. spin it on a, t- a positive note that, uh, I, I just, well, this isn't positive. I was just going <laughs> to say, though, uh, it's like how positivity is affectious or infectious. It's same with negativity. So, with all this negativity on the internet, it's kind of like it makes sense that it's just perpetuating. So, it, it I just do, grows and grows. Yeah. I think it's important to try to find positive things and then appreciate that more. And I, I remember when we had Jeff Kanata on the show, he had one of the best quotes ever. He's like, uh, being kind is like the new punk rock. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> yeah, it is because it's like everyone's a dick now. So, I don't know. It's so easy to just be a total asshole to other people but to spread kindness and positivity it is very infectious and it will i remember hearing it on uh you song and kevin's podcast maybe don't like kevin was saying like yeah just be positive in the workplace and it'll like take you far <laughs> and it's like it sounds like such simple advice but it's the truth so oh, I, it, not even just yeah. in the workplace but like in, in your life exactly so i feel like the internet needs to chill i think that'll be the episode title <laughs> i mean yeah i've heard a lot of people say like 80% of jobs these days are just showing up on time and not being an asshole. And it's amazing <laughs> how much people can't do those. Yeah, they fail miserably. <laughs> so it's just like, oh my God. Um, yeah, it's it's 
very easy to be a dick. It's very easy to be like a sourpuss and just, uh, I don't know. It's just exhausting. There's nothing impressive about being angry. Anyone can be angry. It's not, you can't be like, uh, just like slam out your keyboard, just like, you know, it's, it, <laughs> that's not hard to do. You're not proving anyone wrong. No one's going to concede and be like, oh, wow, well, you made some valuable points. Like, it's not fucking worth it. And people just got to all step back. Like, what was extra funny about that was in Slack, it was like, Brendan is typing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I always get paranoid when I jokingly slam on my keyboard. I'm like, what window am I on right now? And like, oh, my God. <laughs> I've done it at work and like canceled a few orders before. It's like, oh, shit. Uh, but yeah, it's just fucking exhausting now to be involved with like anything on the internet. And just at this point, I just look at memes, toss a meme out here every now and then and just walk away. Just fucking walk away. Yeah. It's, it's not worth it. For sure. So spread some positivity, but... In while we're on negative topics, uh, Spider Man, <laughs> that was really upsetting. Uh, speaking <laughs> of this, here we go. Every I've never would have thought people would be this invested. For anyone that doesn't hear, uh, Sony still had the rights to Spider Man movies, and they lent them to Marvel, who got acquired by Disney. So they lent them to them to be used in all the Avengers shit. So Disney never had them. Totally, it was still Sony's rights. Right. After the last movie, Far From Home, they couldn't reach an agreement, and now Spider-Man is no longer in the Marvel MCU. And people were up in arms about this. And yeah, Spider-Man well, is one of my favorite heroes of all time. Same. So I am very much interested in what happens with his character and stuff. But holy shit, guys, it does not matter. Okay, I need your input on this, because I was going to say, what are the ramifications of this? All I really care about is, and I keep seeing memes about, like, uh, Tobey Maguire being like, oh, dancing, being like, I'm the only one who made it to the third film. Is there going to be no more Tom Holland as Spider-Man? No, like, that's the thing. It's not like Spider-Man's dead. It's just not going to be Disney. It's not going to be tied into the Avengers. So with all that Iron Man shit in the last two movies, and, like, he... If there's another big crossover event, like the Avengers Endgame and stuff, he probably won't be even that. And that's it. Like, yeah. I don't know why people are so up in arms about this. And it really, really doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, them publicly releasing this was Disney's play to make everyone pissed off at Sony. And then <laughs> after a day or two, people were like, oh, wait, Sony was trying to compromise because Disney's this conglomerate monopoly who's trying to own all of entertainment. And it's like, Disney's actually the bad guy. Yeah, for Fuck sure. them. And it's just this back and forth. It's like, hey, guys, you're playing into the negotiation tactic. They're trying to use public opinion to sway the other company into caving so that they can win their deal. Wake this up, sheeple. But it is. Like, it's all just a PR stunt to be like, look how pissed off everyone is, Sony. You should really come back to us and give us 50% of Spider-Man's profits. And then it's just like, fuck this. It does not matter. Yeah. Nothing you do will sway the company either way. And in the end of the day, it's whatever company can make more money off of this. Because if you've seen all the Spider-Man movies, you know they are not quality movies like i think far from home and homecoming are some of the better spider-man movies and we just recently started getting them like bad spider-man movies exist they will continue to exist it doesn't fucking matter and it's so flabbergasting 
how much people are invested in this because it really doesn't matter. I think where the the super fans are coming from of like this like the the joining of like the Avengers and him are like gonna miss mainly Iron Man. I feel like there's like a He's, bromance between Iron Man and Spider Man in the past few films. Hey, spoilers for Avengers oh well, true Endgame. yeah he's I dead <laughs> it's well, over so it's gone. that's a good point yeah that's what well, then yeah what does it matter you're that's absolutely right. I, I just guess I'm so far removed from it and this, the drama of it being like, oh, no, that does suck. But one of the memes I saw that uh, I posted in our Facebook group, go join it if you want, listener. Uh, it was uh, from, I think, Austin Powers Gold member or one of those movies. Sony and, and Disney were like, oh, we can make billions. But in, uh, it was like a picture uh, yeah. of Dr. Evil with a, a label of Sony over it being like, why make billions when we can make millions? And it's like, oh, Jesus. It's... It's just so insane the fervor people get. And this can go back to the communities and the fandoms built around stuff. People inherently love Disney because Disney's always good. Disney does no wrong. They made my favorite childhood movie. So you have to love Disney, right? Dude, it sucks. I'm literally wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt right now and I'm going to Disney for my honeymoon. And I feel like I was joking to my fucking fiance. I feel like we'll be in Disney as it's like the news comes out. It's like, yep, they were sex trafficking children to (laughs) Epstein's Island. And it'll be like, fuck, we're here. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, if you dig, Disney's got it's no one becomes that successful without having a lot of fucking skeletons in their closets. Like, All right, we needed obligatory uh, conspiracy theory corner jingle. <laughs> just for the sake of it. Uh, yeah, no real conspiracy, but just like Disney's not that good. Like Disney's kind of monstrous in a lot of ways. So people are like, rat- like that's why the argument is like, hey, Sony's not doing that bad. Disney is. Fuck Disney. They're bigger. It's like, yeah. Sony's also not, like, a small independent studio either. Like, they're giant corporations just having a money fight. And people are trying to defend them, saying, like, my money fight is more important than your money fight. It's like, they don't they don't need you. Right. I just feel like, can't we all just get along and give the fans what they want? Apparently not. So, oh, well, that's why it's, I thought it was kind of on the depressing side. Movies at this point are no longer about creativity, or at least superhero movies at this point. It's an investment. It's how can we put in 20 million into this movie to make 40 million to make 60 million? How much am I making back? That's all it is. Yeah. It, like if it's if no longer about the like integrity of the characters or what fans want. Like would I love a Willow Wisp cameo in a Spider-Man movie? Sure. Cause that's villains dumb as fuck. And it'd be <laughs> very funny for me to see him. Will that ever happen? No. But like, that's why they reboot it all the time. Like, that's why they never go beyond so, like, there's no continuity between, like, movies, and we have to see Uncle Ben die for the umpteenth time, because it's just about making money, and this is a formulaic way that works. Like, it's just money, and it does not matter. We fall for it, too. Uh, um, we well, there's a, a really interesting one that I saw, and it seems official. I'm really excited for it. I guess I'm just falling for this, too. But The Matrix 4 is officially happening with Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. And I'm <sighs> like, I'm really glad because I love the Matrix franchise. But I did, even as a Matrix fan, I felt like, one, the best. Two, yeah. pretty good. Three, okay. Wrapped really up, all right. Funny. Yeah, it was like I'm like I'm not gonna say that was like a stellar movie, but it was like it was okay, and it was it definitely wrapped things up. But now, yeah, I guess 
it seemed like it was wrapped up like leave that as a trilogy perhaps but now uh i'm just curious to see where they take it or if there's like a modern twist on it um i'm also surprised the guy that plays morpheus isn't going to reprise his role large fishburn yeah that's who i'm looking for i'm wondering if they're waiting like if he just hasn't responded yet or if they're kind of like let's see how this plays out and if it seems like it's gaining momentum We'll twist his arm a little more and he'll come back. Well, honestly, the fact that Keanu and Carrie Ann are yeah. interested should be enough for him. But I I don't know what he's up to in his career. Maybe he's uh, thrown in the towel. Mm, I wouldn't say that, but he might already have stuff. Like if they're like planning to be like, we're going to be shooting between like January oh, sure. and like July of like 2020. He's like, I'm on location and some other country shooting something like I physically can't be there. That makes sense. So there might be different like hangups. Um but yeah, I like the first Matrix. It's about where my interest in that series stops. So I do <laughs> not care about a fourth one. Yeah, I don't know. They were just uh, groundbreaking. Talking about waking up sheeple and shit like that was just like a a whole movement of a of a of a franchise. So I'm just curious to see where they take it, especially th- thinking that it was kind of wrapped up. So I don't know. The Wachowskis are <laughs> real hit and miss. I mean, Cloud Atlas. Need I say more? <laughs> True. Yeah, so, that's a good point. Yeah, um, but that's all the show topics I had. Is there anything you want to bring up? Uh, the further cult-like status of Disney announced a bunch of stuff for Disney Plus, their streaming platform, and it's just a whole hell of a lot of stuff like Moon Knight and She-Hulk and Captain Marvel and Jeff Goldblum's in there and just a whole shitload of stuff. So they're really setting up their streaming service to just be like hit the ground running. Uh, the Mandalorian got a trailer, which is like the Star Wars show, and it's just like I can see them putting a lot of money into the f- like launch of this. It's still up to consumers to decide to dictate how well it does. Because if yeah. I need an, I don't need another fucking streaming service in my life. I, I right. barely watch the ones I have. I literally need to n- cancel Netflix because <laughs> yeah. I already watched Stranger Things and it's like, I'm good. It's like the same with HBO. They see just this colossal boom in uh, customers when Game of Thrones was on. And then right as Game of Thrones ended, it's like, oh, and there it goes. And it's the same. It'll be the same for most of these streaming services. Like when Castlevania Season 3 comes out, you'll probably buy Netflix again. Of course. Binge it all and then cancel it. <laughs> so, like, it's we'll see how this goes. I don't. No, I don't care. It's just too much. We're hitting the level of like oversaturation of like cable TV, where it's just like there's a thousand streaming services and there's nothing on. Like, there's just too much to individually pay for all of it. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to go read a book. Yeah, or go to a concert. Exactly. Live life. (laughs) There's a ton of great entertainment out there, but it's just like, it's too much of a pain in the ass to get to. And I'm just not going to watch it. Like, Young Justice Season 3. My dad loved Young Justice. He does not give a shit because it's on the DC streaming service now. And it's a pain in the ass for him to watch. So he's just like, I'm just not going to watch it. So yeah. he'd rather not know. So all that's happening. Uh, further sad news. Uh, Kojima confirmed that in Death Stranding, players won't be able to see Norman Reedus' dick from the peeping mechanics. Oh, no. Is this serious? Because everyone was looking forward to this, Brent. It's the biggest <laughs> selling point. You has got to see the hog. You see <laughs> that sweet, sweet Walking Dead hog. You get, it's like a lot of games, like 
Witcher had it with like the Witcher senses. Batman had it with like, the detective vision. Like it's just this new. It's not even new anymore. Business mechanic in games have just become very prevalent in like a lot of games. I think Horizon Zero Dawn has it, where it's just like the like inspection mode and like everything changes the color. And you're able to stuff's highlighted different. Yeah, and uh, I think that's the peeping mechanic they're talking about in Death Stranding, where it's he's able to see, you know, these invisible monsters or something, or he's able to track stuff better, and you're able to see through stuff almost like X-ray vision. And then people were just immediately joking, like, "Oh, we're gonna see that dick, aren't we?" It's like, "No, no dicks, <laughs> stop it! You're gonna see weird tar babies and like vo- weird some amount- weird amount of vor, but no dicks." So Kojima's got lines, weirdly. Yeah. That's surprising, to be honest. <laughs> uh, it's men. If it was a woman, he's like, yeah, you'll see those tits. You'll see those genitals. But it's like a man. So he's like, no, 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 no dicks. So, <laughs> I love Kojima. He's fucking out of his mind. He does not handle women characters well. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's not even a debate. I'm still just curious to see how this game does. Because I'm just not going to buy it until I get like a full like review. Because it's just too out there for me. It seems... <sighs> There's some games that I've talked about, like, you really got to play it and, like, be in it and, like, experience it versus just watching a streamer or let's play of it. Yeah. And I feel like this might be one of those because they said they're going to, like, revolutionize the, like, exploratory open world game. They're going to do a lot of stuff different. Like, combat's going to be weirder and, like, how you die is going to be different. So, like, I'm curious about playing it just to experience it because it's apparently going to be so different. But I don't have a PS4, so I'm not going to buy it just for that. Um, but it does seem like it does seem like it'd be a very good one to watch someone stream and to be like having that degree of separation of like I don't know what the fuck's happening, man. Like you can't make the wrong choice if you're not playing, sort of thing. But I don't know. It's gonna just be wild. It's just definitely. Weird. Um, one thing I forgot to mention with the whole Matrix stuff is when we have Whitney on the podcast next, I want to get her input on it because she has a Keanu Reeves oh, podcast yeah. and they have yet to cover the Matrix yet because they're doing stuff uh, in uh, chronological order. Yeah, uh, so But it's coming up, I think, the first one at least. So, But yeah, sh- she's super excited, at least I, from what I spoke to her on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> that would be an interesting one. Just like, hey, that thing your whole podcast is about, it's getting revitalized. Yeah, right. Oh, it's so exciting. Uh, oh man, what a good time for that! <laughs> what else is there? Oh, uh, I know there's some like I don't know if it's controversy, but like turmoil with Mortal Kombat and the character packs of like they're real slow to reveal the characters or release new characters in Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah, um, so there's a bit of like discrepancy with like how the company's releasing the characters or the time it takes between characters. Kind of like with you with um, uh, Life is Strange. Like, Smash Brothers, they said, we're releasing, like, five characters over the span of a year, and it's we're going to hit these dates, ideally. Mortal Kombat's kind of like, we're releasing ca- some characters at some point. Deal with it. It's like, oh, <laughs> okay. Like, I I wish I could look forward to it more. Right. I literally know nothing about it. So, I don't know if they've released the date yet. I don't think they have, but they've released the full character pack and who would be involved in it. So they got some of the classic Mortal Kombat characters like Nightwolf and Sindel and uh, Shang Sun, who's being played by the actor from the movies, which fucking love that. Uh, but then they also have some of the crazy cameos they always have. Well, less so in Mortal Kombat games. They've had some crazy crossovers before in the games. And then they've had like Mortal Kombat vs. DC, which are its own games. Um, but like Soul Calibur usually had the weird like cameo characters. But I guess Mortal Kombat does too, because they have the Joker, which... 
is probably coming over from like the DC Mortal Kombat crossover games. Uh, they have Spawn, which he was in Damn. Soul Calibur, and uh, there is th- a new Spawn movie in the works. I'm not excited for it, but it is in the works, supposedly. And uh, The Terminator, which is weird. Yeah. I don't it, know how that's tied in at all, but okay. What year is it? Yeah. It's, uh, oh, wait, no, they are trying a new Terminator movie. I mean, I think are, I saw a trailer. They probably are, but the, like fucking Genesis happened and it's like, okay, so just nothing matters now. Because <laughs> the Terminator was all about like time travel and like John Connors yeah. and stuff. And then Genesis apparently is like, hey, there's parallel dimensions. It's like, cool. So fucking nothing matters. Nope. Like, why save one dimension over any other one? Uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but apparently Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to come back and, like, voice the Terminator for it. So it's like, oh, weird. Okay. Is Michael Jolie for White, it. Is Michael Jolie White going to be Spawn? Because <laughs> that's my Spawn. Oh, damn. I forgot he did that. Oh, that's the best. I still got a soft spot for that Spawn movie. It's fucking garbage, but I love it. Nice. <laughs> that CGI is atrocious. Um. And then some good news, for once. I'm the one bringing Uh-oh. up good news. Uh, <laughs> like, I still say, uh-oh. Uh, Sega announced that they're going to bring Yakuza 3, 4, and 5 like to the web, like to America and stuff, in a remastered collection. I oh, guess, that is seeing, cool. After seeing the success of uh, Yakuza 0 and uh, Yakuza... There was the other Yakuza game that was like a remaster of like 1 and 2. Okay. Kiwami. So, I guess after seeing like how well those two did, they're like, fuck! I guess there really is a Yakuza audience in, like, the West. Let's keep rolling with this. So, yeah, because I've heard good things about all the Yakuza games, but it's, you know, like other games where it's like, they're good, but, like, it doesn't hold up after 15 years. So maybe the remaster is actually for the best because it's, it's been so long since 3, 4, and 5. Yeah. So that's exciting. That really is. I bet that made a lot of people happy. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think, maybe we can wrap this episode up and do some plugs. Uh, I, before we do that though, I, I'm going to see Raised by TV, the podcast, a live, uh, version of it in Philadelphia tonight. So I'm super excited about that. And that's a show, if anyone's unfamiliar, on Earwolf, uh, hosted by John Gabris and Lauren Lapkus. And we've actually had John Gabris on a million years ago. So you can check that (laughs) episode out. He's super funny guy. So I'm hoping to, go and have a really fun time there uh do you have any plans for the rest of your weekend bren oh god chores <laughs> i have some of that when i get home <laughs> i i guess one of my neighbors in my apartment complex works for the academy award or something or got like limited screeners for shows like for your consideration for like an award show season Okay. So there's just a bunch of like Amazon Prime and FX shows, like DVDs in my laundry room right now. So I'm probably just going to binge watch some of those because I don't have Amazon Prime. Nice. So yeah, perks of living in LA. You get other people's scraps that are pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty cool, to actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I did have a mini real quick uh, record label update because I remember on a previous episode you were asking me about like my record cutting and everything. And I yeah. was like, oh, my cutter head is uh, out of commission. And I got it back and I couldn't get it working just yet. I have it working and it was Ooh. literally like just like a eureka moment. I just like fell to my knees crying like I'm back <laughs> and it was so exciting. So I just started cutting records again and uh, trying out different styluses and stuff and just getting a few different results. But so far already – 
I'm very happy. I've shown some of the people like as far as like clients and stuff with bands, like there's this one band in Malaysia that I'm going to work with that is going to co-release it with me with this record label in Germany. And I'm on a group chat with those two and I was showing them and they're like, that sounds really good. And I'm like, I think I can even make it better. So I'm really excited to see what comes of this whole record cutting business of mine. It's like I said, for anybody that's unfamiliar with this kind of stuff, it's not going to sound like the same quality or fidelity of like a a traditionally pressed record because it is on like old equipment and I'm just doing it by hand, each one uh, in real time. And I'm embossing the, the audio waves onto the discs. It's like it, learning how records work is a kind of a mind blowing process for anybody that's really into music and stuff. So I definitely recommend, uh, you checking out missedoutrecords.com. So I guess we're in plugs. Well, how about you, Bren? Uh, you have an anime podcast. Yeah. I'm actually about to record in like two hours. Uh, oh, damn. Are we there yet? W E E B. Um, and it's, uh, me and a friend tried to turn our other friend into a weeb. It's basically what me and Mark do when Bass is on the show. We just try to like throw anime at him and see what sticks. So, um, I believe the episode we're recording soon is called Polar Bear Cafe. I don't know what that anime is about, but I'm hoping it's about polar bears working in a cafe. Yeah, that sounds up my alley, I think. (laughs) It sounds delightful. There's weirdly like 50 plus episodes of it, so it's like pretty popular. Um, But yeah, so that's a fun time with anime. If you don't like anime, give it a shot. Maybe our descriptions of it will either get you into it or turn you against it much, much more. So exactly. You never know. Oh man, Polar Bear Cafe, game or no game? Uh, but no, I'll oh, save god, that one for I another wish. day. <laughs> oh god, give me like a Diner Dash game, but it's all just like little like Animal Crossing animals. Oh, Fuck. This is upsetting me because I, I really want do want to play that. Um, but listener, if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe. Uh, we're on, we're findable on all the social medias at ABT Silence, including Twitch. Now I am doing it. I tried to figure out a schedule because I'm like lately I've just been doing it almost every other day or something, but. For the future, I'm going to aim for Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I'll typically stream about two hours, so drop in, hang out, say something in the chat, tell me that I suck, or say that I'm good. (laughs) Uh, It it really doesn't matter. Um, But I really appreciate if any of you guys come hang out, because I'm going to try to get that ball rolling and do that a lot more regularly, and maybe we'll try to do some live streaming of the podcast or something, or maybe even if we like do some kind of like, oh subscription thing like you could get a perk of you can tune into the episode live as we record and we can get your feedback or something but that's all for the future and to be determined uh one thing at a time yeah (laughs) but uh thanks for tuning in we will be back next week uh see you guys next time see you